Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host, per usual, Elliot, from Freelance Duck Hunting. And our guest tonight is going to be the one and only Matt from High Prairie Sportsman. So uh, it's going to be a good one. But before before we get before we get Matt on, I do have to say happy birthday to uh, the world's best co-host, Elliot. So happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. How's it feel to be uh, 49? Is that what it is? Feels better than being 50. (laughs) One year closer to over the hill. Nothing like a birthday on a rainy day where you got to go to work and nothing good happens. Yeah. Yep. Man, that's just. Didn't even train the dog. That's a Debbie Downer right there. Well, my highlight of the day, I've been having so much fun training Georgie at the this little pond I've got out the back of my property that that was like a highlight of my day. And I got home and it was rainy. And so that didn't, you didn't even get to do that. Yeah. I mean, if she gets wet all the time, why can't you just, you know, get out there in the rain? I was feeling lazy. Yeah. Nope. I've been, I you mean, definitely been, uh, kinda, uh, you've been posting those videos on Instagram like almost every day, it seems like. Yeah, I've been really consistent with it. She's making a lot of progress. She, she is. I've been having a few issues here and there that I've been trying to work her through as we gear up to do her first actual hunt test in May. And then we're doing another one in Nebraska in June. So I'm pushing pretty hard. I'm trying to be really making. She's making really nice progress. Nice. That's awesome. That's that's pretty good. You got any uh, other updates coming on right now, or? Oh, I don't. That, I mean, that's my all. All of my energy is being put into that right now, setting up simulations. But I will say, I was contacted after we had Chris Jobman on. I was contacted on Instagram by this guy named Cole, who just lives like fifteen minutes away from me. And he's like, "Man, I think I live really close to you. If you ever want to train together," and he's got this awesome little. 10 month old yellow lab. So we've been training together and that's been really, really cool. So all, but all my energies are just in training and getting ready for that stuff right now. Nice. Very good. Yeah. I really don't have too many updates either. Um, I just finished recording the Turkey podcast. You guys would have heard last week. Um, so literally like, uh, like an hour ago. So I haven't in that hour, I haven't bagged my Indiana Turkey and, um, while Turkey season's going on, Pretty much my duck hunting stuff is on hold as far as like my uh, off season projects and all that. So, um, not too many updates. So, I guess let's go ahead and get a quick word from our partners and then we'll get Matt right in onto the podcast. So, first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. You guys, Onyx is the perfect tool for getting you more permission right there in the palm of your hands. You can have it on your phone, Apple or Android, driving around. And for turkey season, perfect for that too. I, I've, I went around knocking. I man, I, I don't even know how many properties I knocked on doors, um, but I did a few nights of three or four hours 
of driving around and ended up snagging up two more properties. So uh, that is always a great thing when you're a hunter, getting more properties. And one potential, one more potential that I will follow up for next year. So um, check them out, guys. Uh, app or Apple. Uh, on X. Motion Ducks decoy spreader. We've talked about it for so long. Long time partner. And one of the reasons we keep partnering with them is we absolutely love the product. I mean, it's just revolutionized the jerk string system as far as I'm concerned. And it's really made a difference on low end days. So go check out Motion Ducks decoy spreader. The product code is DuckGun2020. No, no spaces. That's for 10% off. And the cool thing about this spreader system is you can use four or you can make it seven. You can build it where they just attach to each other. So if you don't have, if you're not switched over to Motion Ducks decoy spreader and you're still using that traditional jerk rig, I'm telling you, you once you switch over to Motion Ducks, you're never going to want to go to the old jerk rig system again. So go check that out and you can support us by supporting them. Awesome. Guys, make sure to head over to our Patreon um, that's a perfect way for you guys to support us on the podcast. It's patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Um, over there, our goal right now is to get one episode, new episode out per week. We're dropping those on Sundays. And we've been doing a pretty good job with that on the off season, keeping those rolling. So um, check that out. Also, if you get in at the $3 tier over there, um, you get a free membership over to the freelance hunt stats, which we're doing a ton of work this off season. Um, really trying to improve things on there, get some new things up in there. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's a way to journal your stats, uh, your hunts all through the season. And you can see all that, all the, the number of the harvest of different species all compiled on that app all through the year. Um, not only that, but we got some cool kind of friendly leaderboards where it's friendly competition between all the members over there. And that's just really cool to see all through the year. So check it out, guys. Uh, freelance hunt stats um, on the app and patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. And Matt is actually the season two champion of leaderboards yeah. over there. He dominated <laughs> it, man. He, he had one hell of a year. I, I follow Matt's stats. Um, you know, I, I go and look at him from over the years when he's shown them to me and he had a one hell of a year this year. So he was the, the reigning champ go over there and you can try to take him down. Next year, uh, I don't know. He hopefully, hopefully his his girlfriend won't let him hunt as much, and maybe you'll have a little chance to take him take him out. But uh, as you're going into this off season, go over to Bandit.com, and I've seen a lot of spring sales that they've got, uh, where they're running seventy percent off sales. And when those come out, you got to get there quick. Yeah, so if if you ever get one of those emails from Bandit that says that seventy percent off sale, you need to hit it fast because that stuff goes lightning speed but as you're as you are trying to up your game for next year whether it's decoys or dog stuff or gear go over to bandit.com it's banded avery and ghg all over there under one house and look at their products because they've got some fantastic stuff awesome all righty guys as you know it elliot is absolutely 100 percent deaf and that's from a lifetime of <laughs> a lifetime of not wearing hearing protection and hunting all season long. So not he's not literally, I shouldn't say literally, absolutely 100%, but he 100% has hearing loss and it affects his daily life. Um, and, you know, the best way to prevent that is to wear hearing protection. So we've partnered with 
Tetra Hearing, and you guys known that for a while on the podcast um, because they're an awesome solution for duck hunters. You put them in your ear, you can still hear the birds, you can hear wings whistling, you can hear quacks, you can hear your buddies talking, but as soon as the guns start going crack, uh, they cancel out that sound. So it protects your hearing, and at the same time, it doesn't take away from the hunt. So that's that's the the main benefit from getting your hearing protection from Tetra hearing. So check them out, guys. You won't regret it. Alrighty, let's go ahead and bring on Matt. How you doing tonight, Matt? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Awesome. Finally here in the flesh. It's been a little bit, um, but I have to remind our audience, you are the all-time number one leading guest as far as number of appearances on the podcast. If my memory serves me correct, this is time number seven. So I'll have to look back. We had someone... uh, go through and tally through all the episodes, which <laughs> that was impressive <laughs> that they did that. Um, and I believe you're at six. You were the number one guest at six, but now you're here, number seven, seven times on the Duck Gun Podcast. Um, that being said, I think I should take full credit for your uh, success this season over on YouTube. Yeah, that's awful nice of you, Jordan. <laughs> I'm just wondering what happens when I get on here for the 10th time. Do you got like a rewards card or something? I've for like that you're going to give to me or, or what? No, for, you know, <laughs> like a frequent flyer kind of deal, a frequent a fre- guest. A I don't know. Guest. Yeah. We'll have to see what we can come up with. <laughs> Maybe if you hit that 10 mark, Jordan has stopped uh, making fun of you all the time on publicly on the air. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I listen to this podcast and it's like, how's he going to insult me today? <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, it's, it's, we've had a beef. For, for uh, I've been a, I mean, it's been an ongoing like two to three to three and a half years where we started and we did the race to 10K. And I texted him one day and said, Hey, I'm going to challenge you to a race to 10K. He was at like 5,000 subs. I was at like 3,000. And, you know, it was just kind of be a friendly competition. But then it just got intense, man. The backbiting and, and, I just felt like I had a knife in my back all the time, but you know, if there was I, anyone biting, I'm sure it would have been you, Jordan. But I Let's persevered, and at the last second, I passed him at 10k. And so you guys saw that on the collab, and we ripped out Matt's nose hair in triumph. It was, I mean, that was probably the highlight of any collab we've done. <laughs> but right all, after all two that, of them, right after that, we had. On video, where Matt um, kind of cornered me, cornered me right there. Elliot was pointing the camera at both of us, and he was, he was, he uh, he forced me into shaking his hand and doing the twenty k race again. And the funny thing is, like most times, he gets, he's got the lead. Uh, he's got the lead every time we do these. He's got the lead for like ten months out of the year, and at the perfect time, I swoop in, and then again, he just zooms past me so um i did triumph and beat you to 20k and you've yet to pay up so next time we meet (laughs) and now it's time for the 30k race yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) and so again now you've zoomed way past me so i will say from a burma bystander those races have been 
How they have played out has really been fun to watch, though. Matt races in way in front, and then Jordan comes by at the last second just to barely pass him, and then right over the contest is over. Matt goes back out in the lead again. But it happened twice. Yeah. It's really pretty awesome. It's been really fun. It's going to be hilarious because we're going to meet up and whenever it is, and he's going to have to wax his chest, and he'll be – It'll be for losing to me to a sub race, but by then he'll be like 10 K up on me or something. <laughs> yeah. If y'all don't know, Matt's channel at the end of the year just exploded, just exploded. I mean, like crazy, crazy kind of numbers. So yeah. we were all rooting him on for that. And he had the most, if you, the way that works on you on YouTube, if you guys don't know is once you get momentum, it can kind of snowball. And once it, you keep it going with good videos, you can just get the snowball effect. And it really, takes off and matt's channel did that like no one's i've ever seen. well josh's that one year did was pretty similar to that when josh's channel really took off but it yeah. was impressive man it was impressive and i was having a great year i felt great about my year and then like matt comes by and makes my year look like it's just hot garbage you know i have like the best year i've ever had like more than double anything i've done and then matt does that in like a month <laughs> i mean but i mean let's be honest well deserved I won't say it very many times, but Matt puts out some great content. Um, he puts out a lot of content, so he works hard. Probably works harder than anybody else right now just because he's, I mean, he's putting out so many videos. Mm-hmm. So let, let's just give him a round of applause right now. Yeah. I I will say for a, for a long time I thought, I was like, man, Matt doesn't get the views that I, I feel like he should get because his, his videos are just so authentic. And just so fresh and, and so well-deserved. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. So um, you've been on here for a little bit, and it's pretty much just me and Elliot talking. So um, you, got, you got something you want to say or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> for, for the listeners out there, I was literally just editing a video. Jordan hops on Discord, pulls me in. He's like, you're doing a podcast. I was like, okay. So... <laughs> That's all the prep work he gave me. Well, I mean, you answered the call, so. Yeah, no, I'll come on and talk with you guys. So, I don't know. There's, you know, we're down to turkey season here. I'm hoping it's re- finally got some rain. Hoping for some morels to pop up and asparagus here in the next couple of weeks. There you Other go. That, yeah, let's just talk count about, down the days. Till, let's till talk season. about your last season. Yeah, you haven't been on all last season, so. Um, let's just kind of go through your season. I mean, how was your waterfowl season? I I mean, it was my best season ever for ducks and geese individual count. Um, you know, it, it was drier conditions. You had to work a lot harder for them and you know, there, there was birds to be had, but you had to, you know, really put in the, the hours and the miles to find them and get on them. But I mean, it, it paid off, paid off big time. Nice. What was your favorite part of the season, Matt? What was your favorite like section? Like I was clump at beginning, middle, end. Do you have a certain range of hunts that were kind of your favorite? It'd have to be that that last couple weeks, and well, it'd probably be I just say January. Uh, you know, I shot a goose limit on ice, and that was awesome. And then had some amazing ice hole hunts, just mallards jumping in. Um, so that that would definitely be probably the best part of my season, or the you know the favorite part. It was just insane how how great that worked out. 
Yeah, and those of you curious, Matt shot 261 waterfowl last season. Average 3.1 birds per hunt. So, man, you stacked them up. So, uh, one, one other interesting thing about Matt is that uh, um, he uh, has already ate all 261 of those waterfowl. <laughs> not not all of them yet. I actually have the rest of my geese. I don't know. I have like maybe six geese left or something I'm making summer sausage out of. I Well, you got a grinder this year, Jordan. That's I've been experimenting with new stuff, so I'm doing some pepper sticks. We're going to try those and uh, summer sausage, but it turns out really good. Yeah, grinder is awesome. Uh, this is the first year I've had my own grinder. I've taken it places and got it ground up and had it made into hamburger and breakfast sausage. But like just having that on hand, if you have like a, a weekend where you get, um, you know, get into some good goose hunts or whatever, you know, uh, you can just take it all at once. You know what you got that weekend um, instead of just doing it kind of like here or there. Like you don't want to like bring out the whole grinder and do like four mallards you know you want to wait till you get get some birds on hand and bring out that grinder and grind up some meat but i mean really you put that stuff just grind it and season it like you would anything else i mean you can't tell the difference if you're making chili or tacos or whatever it's uh it's it's a great solution for for duck hunters um and like one thing i always want to make sure and it took some getting used to when you when when i first got started but like i want to make sure I'm preparing my food in a way that I'm going to enjoy it. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's nothing wrong with doing it. Like, you know, doing it like a steak. That's great. You know, I actually came out with a, um, a video a while back, um, doing it on the grill, uh, flying prime rib, I think is what I called it. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong with, <laughs> with doing that way, but, uh, you know, you can grind it up and, uh, um, make some, some recipes with ground meat as well. Yeah, I that, that you actually hit on a topic I I I keep thinking about like making a video on and it's you know just there's like a certain I don't know air of superiority to some waterfowl hunters that they you know they exclusively eat their game with the skin on or they have to pluck every bird or something and that's fine I mean I like pluck teal I like skin on mallard skin on pintail you know whatever but who cares. Why does it matter as long as that bird's being eaten? Why do we care how someone else eats their bird? Like, yeah. it's just, it's it's astounding to me how, yeah. you know, people care about that stupid stuff. But I just see it on social media pop up here and there. And it just, I don't know, it's something that grinds my gears. Yeah. Yeah. That's the elitist, right? The elitist perspective, how everything they do is right. And I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, there's, there's, I do say, you know, it's kind of similar, like, if someone gets upset, if someone grinds up, like, a whole deer, right? You're like, you ground up everything, even the back straps. It's like, I mean, you, I would keep the back straps for steaks. But, you know, if someone else wants to put it all for hamburger or, you know, deer meat ground up, that's that's their choice with their with their animal. Exactly. But I will say the grinder for, like, snow geese, if you go out on a good snow goose hunt and you know, it, it work makes work short work of them. It's a, it's a great way to use up a lot of snow geese. Nice. So what was your, uh, your total count on the season as far as the days out in the field? I think I ended right at counting snow goose season, like 80, 81 for waterfowl season. Yep, that's what I'm showing. 80. Yeah, 
somewhere in there. 74 Milo Drake's two hens. That's one of the most impressive things that sticks out to me. That number is fantastic. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's easy to do that if you let every bird land before you shoot them. <laughs> no, no comment, Matt? <laughs> hey, sometimes they just come in too quick. I, what so do you want me to say? <laughs> is At that point, is it considered uh, decoying ducks or jump shooting ducks? <laughs> considered a duck that's going to get shot at. <laughs> I actually had someone comment on my channel, though, this year. They said, if a bird lands on the water you can't shoot that bird because you're supposed to shoot them flying. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I guess that's like another old school mentality or some, you know, another. I could see thing. people saying that it's like the same thing as water swatting, right? Because really, let's be honest, like jumping a bird up is like in between shooting decoying birds and, and water swatting. It's like not as easy as water swatting, but it's like the next easiest thing. They've already de- they're decoying. They already decoyed. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, you decoy them all the way in, and they don't no, cease I, to be decoying birds. If I <laughs> water swat too. I'm not saying that don't, but I, people give you a bunch of crap about water swatting, right? In general, there's people we've are, we've gone over this. We hashed it out, and we say it's uh it's uh it's not tradition, I guess, to do right. it, and and uh. And that's fine. If people want to do that, if that's how you want to do it, you don't want to water swat. That's fine. But I don't think we should necessarily give people a hard time that are water swatting um, unless they're Matt. And then I'll give them a hard time for jump shooting all the birds that decoy. So (laughs) what I don't get is like, if someone wants to impose a rule on themselves, Hey guys, if it, if it's feet touch the water and we don't shoot it, that's fine. No problem. Have fun with it. But why impose that on me? What makes someone think they should impose that on other people? It's like that's why you should do it. Like, who are you, old man? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, f- I feel like it's it goes back to that tradition thing, and then like it's regional tradition, right? Right. So then, like everybody in their area does it this way because grandpa and his buddies and all their buddies and everybody around did it, and then they taught the next generation, and and mm-hmm. then like all of a sudden we get on we get to this stage where we're at now, and it's like the internet and youtube videos and different perspectives and the way that people hunt in indiana versus nebraska is way different you know maybe not way different but there's definitely some differences um and there's definitely i would say culturally and traditionally there's going to be differences in different areas of the country so that's probably where you get it and and i think people it's just a, a normal thing for people to think that the way they learned and the tradition they got passed on is the way that everybody should do it and if grandpa said that we're not going to water swat guns, guns, we're not going to water swat ducks, then, then that's kind of the, the prevailing thought. And when they see someone doing it, they're like, man, that's not how we're supposed to do it. And so yeah, right, I think right. that's how we get to it. And that guy that you had comment on your channel, Matt, I mean, that's just another extreme where uh, it's, it's almost like a mini game that they added into. If you let them land, we're not going to shoot that duck. <laughs> so, and I can respect that thought, but for me, um, I'm going to shoot them. Yeah. No, I have no issues with that. <laughs> I'd rather people water swat them in the decoys than pass shoot them you know, and sky bust them and cripple them and not find them. So. Yeah, well, the people are going to find something to gripe about. It's like oh, yeah. When I, when I get comments, people mad at me that I pass up shots or only shoot once instead of more than once. It's like, cause you're getting a bit nitpicky, aren't you? A little I nitpicky. All the time. Like, 
people like how, how man if that was me i'd done i'd empty my gun or how do you not shoot that bird at 30 yards that's passing instead and wait for it to cup in and stuff like just stuff like that which i mean you know it's to each their own but that's not how i like to duck hunt so that's not how i'm gonna do it i, f- I feel like that comes down to um not everybody hunts in the central flyway so it's like if you're just used to not having as many opportunities then that's not going to be the way that people do it so um and again there's there's nothing wrong with them doing that that way or having that feelings i have similar feelings especially why I, I remember having those feelings watching elliot's till videos in nebraska and that flooded cornfield when they just sat there didn't shoot birds and their guns went off like every <laughs> six flocks one shot and it's like it was just driving me nuts. So <laughs> drove a I, lot of people nuts. I knew that it would when I watched it. <laughs> yeah. And we had a new dog. It was the dog's first time and no, you know, we were taking turns and That's fine. You know, yeah. It was And you know, I'm sure Matt knows this with blue wing teal, you get us once you've been doing it a while, you get a sense, you can feel whether it's the type of hunt that the, the movement's just going to shut off or whether it's just going to be good. You you can feel mm-hmm. it. And, you know, if you know, like on a day where I think it's going to be quick for Teal, man, we're, we're going, we're going. But on one of those hunts, you're like, oh, man, this is going to be good. You could shoot 10 limits in here, you know. Once you feel that, then it's like, all right, slow down, enjoy. One, one of those things that about, like, those 10, 15-minute limits, you don't hold any memory of them. It's so much emotion. It's so much overload that it's just like, it's too much. It's like stimulus overload. Do you, have you experienced that, Matt? I mean, yeah, I, I know Every what you're hunt. saying about like, <laughs> whatever, but no, I, I know what you're saying about like how you can just sometimes sense it's going to be an amazing day. And so you want to, you know, just take it in or you, even during like regular duck season, you just choose to be more selective. Um, you know, like I've had it but the last two years where I just decide I'm going to shoot just straight green wings and pick those off. And I have amazing look, you know, th- those are some of my favorite little hunts is just, picking off all Drake green wings or stuff like that. But yeah, you can just sense, you know, you get, you get that sense every now and then and just take your time, soak it all in. I do think Jordan's right though, in that, I mean, you hunted 80 times last year. And so it's like, there's zero sense of urgency for you. You're having a great year. You've shot so many birds. And so like a guy that just his schedule doesn't allow him to get out more than five or 10 times a year it's going to be very difficult for that guy to get into that zone that you can slip into just because your number of hunts and your success. Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, areas area too. I mean, you live in a a great waterfall place. So it's like you get the majority of hunters are in that five to 10 hunts a year. And Mm -hmm. the majority, majority of them are going to have lesser hunts as well. So it's like you add those two things combined. Like if I get one of those days, I'm going to have guns a blazing. (laughs) Right. Alrighty, fellas, I want to take a quick moment here and thank some new partners that I have and introduce them to you guys as well. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Dirty Duck Coffee. It is the coffee, the choice coffee for duck hunters everywhere. And uh, some cool options they have for different coffees. They have the high velocity caffeine roast. They have the Suns Up, Guns Up, Colombian Supremo, First Flight French Roast, Missouri Boat Ride, Um, But definitely check those out, guys. Um, You won't regret it. And use code DUCKGUN15 for 15% off over there. And one other thing to add, uh, something cool that they do is that a portion of of the proceeds goes to 
promote youth and disabled hunters as well as waterfowl conservation efforts. So that is definitely awesome. Also like to give a big thanks to Bigfoot Bushcraft and they are the waterproof fire starter. Um, really cool. I got to use it on one of my turkey hunt trips and it really was amazing how well those things worked. All I had was the flint rod, which you can have that, the feral rod and still striker and bam, just a couple strikes and right away that lit up. It was amazing. So uh, it works waterproof as well. So check them out, guys. Really cool for duck hunters or outdoorsmen. Anytime you're doing stuff in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, camping, whatever it is. So check it out and use code DUCKGUN15 over there for 15% off as well. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump back to the podcast. So uh, I guess... Matt's always dying to talk about his 28 gauge. So let's, uh, let's bring that up as well. <laughs> what do you want to know? What'd you name? I want to, I want to know if he has anything to add to our last podcast, which I asked him about this on Facebook. And I know that he listened to, um, our sub gauges podcast. So I'm, I'm curious for him to just add, or if there's anything that we said that, that Matt, that you're like, well, I don't know if that's right. Any corrections or any additions you have from that conversation? No, I, I think you guys pretty much, you fleshed it out pretty well, I thought. Um, one thing that I will say, because I have had people message me this question as well or ask it, and the crux of the argument is comes down to shell or the pellet count. You know, that they're, more pellets equals more forgiving opportunities. But by that own logic, wouldn't the most ethical option be a 10-gauge with TSS? I mean, that's the most pellets you're going to get unless you're hunting like UK and they can even go, I think eight or six gauge even, but you know, I, 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 I get the, I get the argument on it. I'll stop but, real quick to, to answer that question. Cause you said that I think there is diminishing returns at some point. And I think most people would agree that the diminishing returns is like a, a 12 gauge where going up more shot and bigger shell and heavier shotgun, you have diminishing returns. So I think that's kind of the general consensus is that 12 gauges, you're diminishing returns. Although there's some people who hunt with 10 gauges. All right. I'll let you keep going. So I'll counter with, I'll counter that with this Jordan. Um, now take my 12 gauge, for example, Remington Versamax. I've shot it. I pattern two and three quarter inch and three inch shells a lot better than I do three and a half inch shells. Once again, more pellets, but I shoot, I have a better pattern with less pellets. So is the ethical option there to shoot thon with a better pattern? I would argue that it is. Well, yeah, but, but also it's like if you went through enough shells, I feel like you'd find one of the that has more pellets that eventually would pattern better just because there's more pellets in it. Well, that's a, I mean, and this you see, you can go back and forth on this thing. You can talk about what the material of the shot is. Is it bismuth? Is it tungsten? Is it steel? Um, you, your gauges your choke tubes even you know if you're running a 12 gauge and shooting teal or mallards at 510 yards is that as ethical as shooting a 28 gauge or 410 at that same range because if you hit that bird square on especially with a full choke or even like a modified choke at 10 yards you might not be able to use that bird you might just blow it up and then you're wasting the resource so i i you know you can go back and forth on this thing back you know Ultimately, it comes down to take responsible shots for whatever weapon you're choosing. You know, it's it. You could we go deer hunting too. You go bow hunting versus rifle hunting. 
you can shoot a deer a lot further out with a rifle. You can shoot a deer, what, 60 yards, 70 yards at the farthest, like the best guys with archery equipment. Most guys are taking those 25 yard shots or less, you know, they want those closer up shots. So uh, it's all about knowing your personal limitations and the limitations of your weapon you're using. Agree. Um, I'll, you, um, you I cut would, out there. What'd you say? You, you do agree or disagree? I, I do. I do agree. Um, my thing with sub gauges, and I don't know the answer to this, right? So you can scale down weapons and scale down weapons. And I don't think anyone would hunt deer with a bow with a, with a practice tip. And you wouldn't go out and try to hunt uh, ducks with a BB gun. So there has to be a point in which the gun is no longer lethal enough for what you're doing to consider it a viable weapon. And I know I've got a friend that uses a 410 for waterfowl. And sometimes, not very often, he pulls it every now and then. I'll guarantee you that he's pulling them inside of you know twenty when he's killing them. And I fully, after talking to him, I fully agree that I know that that's a it's lethal for him for what he's doing. I know it is, but generally speaking, is a four ten overall lethal enough to consider it okay to use it? I mean, there's got to be some point in which where we say, well, this is is not lethal it's enough. Definitely not as to, lethal as a twelve use. gauge, right? That's just the the truth. I don't think that there's any denial of that. It's just not the truth. So there is, there's just some give and take. And it's like, yeah, if you're going to do it, then you have to know what you're getting into when you do it. So that's, that's the difference. But yeah, here's another one for you. So I shoot better with my 28 gauge. I'm, I'm more proficient of a shot with it. And I mean, there's plenty of reasons for that. One of them, you know, it's lightweight. There's less recoil generally. And I can, if you pull up and you just point on birds a lot quicker than a 12 gauge. So one of the more ethical option there be to use the weapon I'm most proficient with. What are you basing that on? Do you have data to back that up or is that your perception? Just, you know, years and years of using it versus my 12 gauge. So it's your perception. Yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just curious because I know you keep a very detailed journal. So I didn't know whether... You know, and you can tracking it or not. We can jump on hunt stats and run his percentage with different guns. We'll just break it down. <laughs> but uh, uh, that was kind of a joke. We could actually do that though. Uh, and that's well, we're really talking the, about adding that at some point. Yeah, that's oh, that'd be cool. that's the only way to really tell from person to person. Uh, but you know, and also you're in a, a unique spot, Matt, because most people don't hunt like you. I mean, we joked about it earlier, but I mean, you do land probably more than half the birds before you shoot them. So um, that's definitely going to increase your odds to be good with a sub gauge. So, yeah, I think it comes down to a lot of factors, and there's just no way for us to break it down. All I can say at the end of the day is kind of what Elliot was saying. I mean, a 410 is not as lethal as a 12 gauge. And so there's somewhere in between where there's happy medium, and it's probably not going to be the same for every person and every gun. You know, I would argue that you could probably find a gun, Matt, somewhere in between there that you'd be better, whether it's a 20 gauge that would be more lethal than your 28 gauge, where it's the happy medium or whatever. But there's no reason not to. I don't think there's any reason not to shoot a 20 gauge. It's what you love to do. And for me, I don't think that there's a big enough difference. But I do think there is a small difference, but not a big enough difference to not do it. I want one. That's where I, I fall on right it. Now. And, I, and I'll and i shoot sub-gauges too. I plan to, to wood duck hunt with my 410 at least once. 
and see how it goes. Maybe I'll I want to ask again. Matt a question. Go I got a question go for ahead. Matt. Go ahead. Matt, I want you to be totally honest about this. Do you think that someone that goes two for 26 with a 20 gauge <laughs> should then go out and buy a 410? That was a 12 gauge, actually. Oh, 12 gauge. My bad. <laughs> someone, would you advise someone that, that throughout the course of a season goes two for 26 on cupcake shots on Mallards with a 12 gauge? Would you think that, would you advise them then to go out and buy a $700 410? I don't know. I don't think I would. I don't, who, who are we talking about here, Elliot? I'm not going to mention names, but they, <laughs> I'm not going to mention names, but they're here. And it's not you or I. Call me out. I'm going to look through your stats and find some of your bad ones. <laughs> Call oh, out. I went six for 36 one time. That's my worst. I went six for 36. I was, at, I was in a layout boat. It was that layout boat transition where I just wasn't sitting up and shouldering right. For me, my excuse is, since you got an excuse, it was the first time I shot it at, at – um, at birds and it was a fixed full 12 gauge and it was uh when you're not shooting good don't shoot a fixed full i'll tell you that (laughs) so it did not go good but the way i fixed it was to switch to my 20 gauge because um that's just the gun i always i've always done well with it fits me perfect um and it's like i can hit birds with my eyes closed with that one but Trying a new gun with a 12-gauge fixed full on a windy day didn't work out. Nope. All right. Well, you got any uh, You got any plans coming up, Matt, for this next season? You going full-time? Hell, I wish. No. Well, I, I keep going back and forth. I, I want to. I want to do so bad just so I can... Uh, and live life <laughs> all that more than 80 stuff. times in here so you can hunt a little more often <laughs> yeah so he's not tied down to the job <laughs> <laughs> i mentioned to my girlfriend i'm kind of like well you know if i if i would hunt more and that was my only job and or whatever you know doing articles and photography and videography and all that then i could spend more time with you too <laughs> oh, you don't want to go down that road with that kind of promise. That's because that's a vague promise. Yeah. There's no cap on it of like one more day. No, no, bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you can. Yeah, how can you can make that offer of I will spend more time with you when you're just over here trying to <laughs> eighty times in a year, eighty, you hundred eighty times 80. out of like hundred twenty days. That was just waterfowl. They didn't even count dove and. Morel hunting and shed hunting and turkey hunting and deer hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, uh, I am planning uh, going up to North Dakota this year for early goose. So looking forward to that. Never, never been up to North Dakota actually. So looks like they've got some good water finally. Hopefully they can keep, you know, keep that for everyone in the central flyway and Mississippi flyway help boost waterfowl populations. But uh, then some teal season, and actually should draw an antelope tag this year. So hopefully can get on my first antelope out here in Nebraska. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, then just back to all across the state here, out to Wyoming, all a couple times. The state don't you don't you usually hunt within like thirty minutes of your house? No, I get all over. But out of your 81 hunts, how many would you say are, are within 30 minutes of your house? Maybe 
15. Mm. Within an hour of your house. We're not going down this road. <laughs> that is bad. That's, uh, that's a good thing. It's not bad. No, it is. It is a good thing. But I just, he said all over the state, and I feel like uh, he hunts uh, local a lot, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I put on a lot of miles. I don't even want to know how many miles I put on last year. You don't track it for taxes? No, I do. I just don't have the number okay. handy right now. Okay. I, I, I look at it, I put it on my taxes, and then I forget about it because I don't want to think about it after that. Mine was pushing 6,000. Mine was what I had. Mm, I didn't want to tell you what mine was then. What was it? <laughs> I'd have to look back for an exact number, but it's closer to like 10. Wow. Is because of Michigan or? I mean, I almost, yeah, I almost drive. Maybe that's much, it's that much more than mine. Cause I go out. Huh. I, I mean, almost every weekend, if not twice, I, I drive like six hours round trip. Yeah. But you make so much money. You got to have all them write offs. I mean, that's why you keep <laughs> buying boats, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I, I like to have zero dollars in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, you so got I got it. a couple. I got. I got. Yeah, I got a couple of questions for Matt. Just okay. out of curiosity, um, I think I know the answer to this. But green wing or blue wing? What, what was your preference between the two? Green wing. You want to give a little down. why? Why on that? They're one? they're they're actually my favorite bird, honestly, and. I, I would take shooting those Drake green wings over mallards. And I know that's like blasphemy to say, but I just love them so much. They're just, they're delicious to eat the little, you know, when, when they have like that cinnamon colored with the green swoosh in their head, they're fully plumed out. I just love the color of them. The speculum's awesome. I mean, they're, and they're just, you know, they just decoy so nice and it's super easy to call them. You just do a little peep. So that's, I, I'd take them any day. We've we've only had one other guest in the history of the podcast that picked Green Wing Tail, and it was uh your brother from another mother, Flair. <laughs> no comment. No no comment. <laughs> that was his favorite so, bird. <laughs> do you have blue wings um, there all summer? Yeah, they all nest up in the sand hills. Yeah. We've got a yeah. ton around right now, and some cinnamons. I haven't seen any this year, but people have been taking pictures on the birding groups and posting them. Yeah, I think that's one thing for me that I love blue wings so much because we're just to the point where we don't hardly have any nesting birds. We have a few mallards, a few teal, but for the most part, all summer, we're just void of ducks. So like that first teal season where it's like they're the ducks that arrive first and that brings so much emotion and just that teal season is just such a special time for me that yeah, I'd agree I, I would agree with you. I like blue wing better than green wing. but I like blue wing too, but I mean, I I shot zero teal of either last year was the first time for that. But while we're talking about nesting birds, I saw the first hatch of ducks today. So wow. I don't know if that's early or not. It feels a little early, but um saw them right there in a puddle right off the road today, about 12, of, 12 mallards. So mm. they're hatching. We we still have a bunch of blue wing in the state right now, last I knew. So they're yeah, not, we do no, too. blue wings are not nesting here at all. I mean, haven't there's a lot of blue wings that haven't nested, I should say. Okay, so I got I got a few others. So, um, what's your favorite type of waterfowl environment to hunt? Ooh, I know you love yeah. the rivers. You love you do reservoir stuff. You do shallow marshes. You don't do much field, but 
So I'm assuming for you, it's probably out of those three. I would think, wouldn't it be? I'd, I, yeah, I'd have to go Sandhills Marsh. I mean, just mm. just being up there, you know, early season October or whatever, and watching the sunrise. And I mean, the, there's you never know what you're gonna get, and it's just it's amazing. Like the just the the scenery up there. Yeah. And I still haven't gotten up there with you. We got we were supposed to do it this last year, ah, man. And that's what turned me on to your channel, which you know I've told you this before how much I love the sand hills. And all of a sudden I flip on you know YouTube and I see someone duck hunting in the sand hills, which I'd always loved. And I like immediately called my dad. I was like, "You got to follow this channel. They're hunting in the sand hills." And I was hooked right there. So man, it, we got I got to get up there with you one of these times. It's just oh, I got to. Let me know. Uh, snow geese or Canada? Ooh, I'm, I'm starting to get the snow goose bug really bad now. Like I finally got on some ones where we decoyed big groups. That's fun, but I'll still take Canada's over them. I mean, they're, they're a lot easier to decoy. So that, uh, definitely go Canada's. So overall, October, September, October, November, December, January. Just pick them up. Not from the last year, just in general. Your favorite month. January. Mm. What is it? Just because those river hunts and those ice hunts? Just ice holes, yeah. Late season, and like any birds you shoot are going to be fully plumed out, so you can get some really beautiful birds. Yeah, man, January's bottom of my list. So we just can't ever get any consistency in January. It's like, well, I have one January I won't shoot anything, and the next January it's just like complete crazy good hunts. I just can't find any consistency in January for us. See, I know I had some other ones. I would, uh, I would, man, if it was me, I'd, I'd say November. Like by the time January comes around, we can't even hunt ducks. <laughs> See, yeah. we call it uh, Slovember up here. Because it's it's not very good. That's I mean, so there's still birds to be had, but it's it warms up like after that initial push at about rifle season, then it warms up and it just gets stale. Typically, that's weird because it feels like November is can be our good time. It starts to get good because we have like uh, obviously we're different flyways and and uh, different uh, latitudes across the country, but. Um, where I'm at, uh, like further north in Michigan, it's like the, it feels like early on the, the upper part of Michigan is good. Like right at the start of November, then the middle to lower part is the, the end of the middle of November. And then it starts getting good around me around the, the end of November. Then we have our stale period and go into December. Um, we have to wait pretty much till it gets cold for it to get good again. Last few years for us, that last week of November, like when we did the collective and it was so bad, the last few years for us, it's been like that. Like the last couple weeks of November into the first week or so of December has been, it's just, it's all weather-based. I mean, oh yeah, just, and that's going to vary. <clears throat> awesome. Well, you got anything to say to our listeners, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's uh, nice to be on here and uh, not insulted for once. So. <laughs> no, it's uh, no. I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, you know, if you guys like Jordan says, we're we're actually really good buddies. So I don't think he means half the stuff he says about me. Oh, I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, but I know that yeah. It's like you guys don't see it. We, I mean, we uh, hang out on Discord a lot. 
Um, obviously we live across the country, but when, uh, when we can at the collabs, we get together and hunt and, and we're really good buds. But, um, it's also, we've, we've had this competition and beef air quotes. And so it's just kind of been a friendly rivalry. Um, and you know, it's kind of sad to see that rivalry, rival rivalry go away now that, uh, <laughs> you're just steamboating away, but I'm happy for you. Glad that, uh, all your content creation stuff's going good and, Appreciate you coming on. So make sure to check him out over at High Prairie Sportsman on um, YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, TikTok, and your podcast is the Green Wing Podcast, right? So foul front, but we're still got some logistics to work out there. Yeah, yeah. So, Elliot, you got any? Uh, you got any uh, nice things to say about Matt too? While we're being all nice to him before he gets off and we can go back to roasting. I mean, I, yeah, my true thoughts are, I really admire his hunting style. I mean, my favorite part of a video, which I mentioned <clears> this before was when he passed up on about a 28 yard goose with his 28 his friends. Like, why didn't you shoot? He's like, ah, oh, it's just out of range. And that's, I was like, yeah, this is my guy. It's like, you fight. It's so hard. You hunt with so many people and it's hard to find guys with, with the same, the same type of shot selection and the consistency of that shot selection that you do. So I just, and I think the world of you is a waterfowl hunter, quite honestly, I think you're one of the best that there is and the way that you do it is phenomenal and beautiful country. And, and uh, you're the real deal, man, for sure. Appreciate it. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think this is pretty good to go. Pretty good place to go ahead and close her out. So, uh, I am Jordan from Duck and Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and Matt from High Prairie Sportsman, and we'll see you guys next time.